welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. If you could please turn with me to Luke chapter 12, we're picking up in verse 22, Luke chapter 12, 22. Title of our message this morning is, Don't Worry. It's not don't worry, be happy, it's just don't worry. But don't you like the sound of that? I don't know, even saying that or even, you know, just don't worry. Why don't we all say that together? Don't worry. Maybe one more time. Don't worry. And I believe one of the greatest enemies we have against our faith is worry. One of the greatest enemies that we have that comes against our faith is worry, being fearful, being anxious, having an anxious mind. And the Bible makes it very clear, don't worry. Even the medical profession, they tell us that it worries closely linked with you know, different medical problems like heart trouble ulcers, high blood pressure, migraines. I mean, I I went and looked on the computer. Let me just uh, read off a few. Difficulty swallowing, dizziness, dry mouth, heartbeat, fast heartbeat, fatigued, inability to concentrate, irritability, muscle aches, muscle tension, nausea, rapid breathing, (laughs) hold on, and shortness of breath, sweating, and on and on and on. 40, they say, the medical profession say that 40 million adults in the U.S. suffer from anxiety disorders. 40 million in the U.S. Worry. Don't worry. There you go. Yet in the Bible, we're instructed time and time again, we're even commanded not to worry, not to be afraid, not to be anxious. So that's the subject here. So let's go take a look at our text. Let's look again. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. We've been looking at, for these last few weeks, we've been looking at the fact that that Jesus is in his last year of his ministry. And he's been talking with the multitudes. If you remember, the multitudes were there. They were pushing each other, basically, and trampling one another down. And they were just being rude and all. And Jesus, while he was 
talking then to his disciples. If you recall, some man interrupted, and he wanted Jesus to, to join in his, in a battle, a family dispute about finances. Remember, he says, you know, tell my brother to, 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 split, the fin- to split the inheritance. And he tried to get Jesus in the, in the conversation or tried to have Jesus side with him. But if you recall, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't get involved with the dispute. But what he did, he used that as an opportunity to talk about greed and covetousness and, and how, you know, we're not to be greedy and we're not to be covetous. So that's going on. So don't lose the picture. You've got multitudes upon multitudes, innumerable amount of people. Jesus was speaking to his disciples, instructing them. Someone interrupts his, his teaching with them and then says, Lord, you know, tell my brother to share the inheritance. And, and Jesus, you know, starts talking about, about um, covetousness and about greed and all that. And so that's taking place, and while all that's taking place, Jesus, as you notice, look back in verse uh, 22 again, he looks back to his disciples and starts teaching them again, and the first thing he says is, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about your food. And I was thinking through this, you know, why, why is he telling his disciples not to worry about your clothes and your food? Well, I, I believe quite possibly because if you recall, his disciples left everything to follow Jesus. They dropped the nets, the fishermen, Peter, James, and John, they, they dropped the nets to follow Jesus. Ta- uh, Matthew, the tax collector, he, remember, he left his tax booth to follow Jesus. So it's possible they're probably worrying, uh, who's going to take care of us? Who's going to feed us? Who's going to you know, take care of our needs? And, and Jesus is saying, don't even worry about those things. Don't worry. For you note takers, I, I found a, an interesting little note that might be you know, something you might want to write down regarding greed and worry. You know, greed and worry are closely connected because greed can never have enough, while worry is afraid it will never have enough. So greed never has enough. If you're greedy, you want more, you want more. But if you're afraid and fearful, you're worried that you don't have enough, that you'll never have enough. So it's a a nice little note to take. But the first point I'd like to make regarding worry is simply, you've got your pen in hand, simply don't do it. (laughs) It's not a suggestion. When Jesus is speaking here in verse 22, it's a command. Have you ever thought about the fact that it's a sin? Worry is a sin. And it's a command. It's not suggesting. Jesus doesn't suggest, well, you guys, you know what? If you don't feel like worrying, maybe you should you know, not worry. But if you do, it's okay. No, no. He commands them, do not worry. It's a commandment. And when we worry, we sin. That helped me one day when I heard that. Because I was like, well, wait a second. I'm actually sinning against God when I'm worrying. And I don't want to sin against God. I believe most of us here would say, I don't want to sin against God. But if you realize, you know, worry is sin. And when we see it that way, it's like when you start worrying about something, wait a second, I'm actually sinning against God. We're not to worry. It's a sin. It's a command. Do not worry. It's not a suggestion. God says, do not do that. Most of you probably heard this before, but I love quoting this. 92% of the things that we worry about never come to pass. 92%. And you worriers out there say, well, 8% do come to pass, right? (laughs) But even the 8% that come to pass, there's a reason that they come to pass. So still, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Remember when I was in the the corporate world and the, the Lord was calling me out of the corporate world? 
And I was in part-time ministry, and the Lord was speaking to me about being in full-time ministry. I remember many times sitting at my desk, and I would stare at my calculator, and it was like a temptation because I would sit there and figure out how much money do I need to make just to make my bills. And I would just and I'd get clear, and then I'd get thought, well, maybe if I get rid of this, okay, what if I sell the house, and what, how much equity is in the house? And I would just constantly just go. And it was, it was a part of worry. I would worry about it. I knew the Lord was pulling me out of the corporate world. He was bringing me into the ministry. And I was trying to figure out, how is this going to work? How is it all going to come together? And the Lord kept speaking to my heart, don't worry. And it was like that calculator was just staring at me. I was just like, always want to just figure out, you know, what is the minimum I need to make just to pay my bills? But God was saying, don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. And when he pulled me out of the corporate world and he put me into full-time ministry, God has provided for all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And he didn't use any of my plans, any of my calculations, not one of them. (laughs) And I look back at all that wasted time. I wasted all that time. When I was serving at Calvary Costa Mesa as an assistant pastor, and the Lord made it very clear to come out here and to start a work, I sat down with Brian Broderson at the time, and I said, Brian, you know, the Lord made it so clear. You know, God's opened a door here in Sunset Beach to, to start. And then, so he says, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you go to Pastor Chuck Smith, go to Pastor Chuck, and, and see about, you know, being part-time. And I thought, wow, that, you, that's genius. Yeah, it's part-time. I can pay my bills. Come out here. This works great. And so I made, I made an appointment to see Pastor Chuck. I'm getting ready to sit down. Before the meeting, the Lord speaks to me and says, drop the nets, meaning, Drop the nets that go out full-time to Sunset Beach. I'll take care of you. And I remember with my wife, bringing my wife in the office, I didn't even get a chance to tell her yet. (laughs) And I'll never forget, I'm sitting there at the desk, Pastor Chuck's there, my wife sits down, I says, Pastor Chuck, this is what's happening, Sunset Beach, what's going on? And I was going to ask you if you would mind if we'd go part-time, but the Lord just spoke to me and says, drop the nets. And I look at my wife, she's looking at me, I thought, what do you mean, drop the nets? (laughs) And they're both looking at me. What do you mean? What are you talking about? But it was the Lord. It was God. That was over 12 years ago, or almost 12 years ago. Don't worry. And she was nervous at first, but God's hand was there, and we we saw the hand of God. Again, we're not to worry. Do not worry. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Paul the Apostle says, and I love this quote, it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always, in every way. The Lord be with you all. The reason why I like it, because it says the Lord of peace himself. God is peace himself. May he give you peace always. Not sometimes. It doesn't say, what if he says, may the, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace sometimes in almost every way. The Lord be with you all. That's not what it says. It says, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. We're never to worry. That's 2 Thessalonians 3.16, if you're taking note. Isaiah the prophet tells us, Isaiah 41.10, Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who increase against you, or excuse me, were incensed against you, shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. Don't you wish that would literally come to pass sometimes? I'm just joking. But the fact is, he says, fear not, I'm with you. When you have the presence of the Lord, 
You have nothing to fear. When you fear God, who else do you need to fear? Remember uh, Ronald Reagan when he was campaigning and all to be the president and he was on the stage with these, these big men and all and he was interviewed after, his, after being on stage with these, you know, these other politicians and all and, and they said, weren't you nervous being on the stage with these guys? And he says, why should I be no- nervous? He said, I've made movies with John Wayne. Why should I worry about these guys? <laughs> if we have God on our side... Why do we have to be worried? God is with us. So first point, don't do it. Don't worry. When we're talking about worry. The next point I'd like to make is keep a light touch on the material world because life is more than the material world. Look at verse 23 again. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Jesus is saying, don't get so caught up with the material world. Life is more than that. That's a battle, isn't it? To be caught up in this material world. I, I believe there's a pull, especially, you know, we live in Orange County over here, and there's just a pull to the material world, material things, want to try to get a hold of us. And, but, you know, the Lord's saying, don't, don't be so concerned. Keep a light touch on these. Life does not consist of these things. We're of another world. We're not of this world. We're not to be totally attached to the things of this world. And that can bring us down. It can bring worry. When, when things are, we're attached to those things and it's not going the way we want, we can get so worried and so caught up. Didn't Madonna try to convince us of that in the 80s, that we're living in a material world? Remember that? <laughs> What'd she say? And I'm a material girl or something like that? My wife made a lot of money, she told me, singing that song in the 80s. But it's not reality. We're not of this world. I wish that, you know, constantly, I, I, that we would just see the fact that this world is passing away. It's like a vapor. James tells us that. This life is but a vapor. It's here today and it's gone. We can't take any of this stuff with us. Time is short. I truly believe that. I, I believe the time is so short. I, I believe and I say this and I'm going to continue to say this until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. But I believe with all my heart the Lord Jesus Christ is coming for his church very, 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 very soon. Amen. And we're instructed to look up. And I don't know about you, but when I'm consumed with things, you know, it keeps me from looking up. It keeps my focus wrong. But when we look up, we let go of those things, say, Lord, I'm just a steward of this. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everything belongs to you, God. Colossians 3.1, Paul the Apostle says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. Set your mind on things above. You were raised with Christ. We're seated in the heavenlies. Our citizenship is not here. We're seated in the heavenlies with God. And when we keep our mind in the eternal, we keep our mind in the things above and the heavenly things, all of a sudden these things down on this earth, they don't mean so much anymore. That was one of the gods that I served when I was in the world. I, I served the material world, you know, success and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and I, I was bound in that stuff. But let me tell you, you know, we're to continually keep our mind on the things of Christ. 
The Bible says if your riches increase, don't set your mind on those things. Set your mind on the Lord. Romans 8, 6 goes good with this also. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. As believers, we need to keep a light touch on the material world. Next thing I'd like to point out is you're highly favored by God. He loves you. You are highly favored by God, and he loves you. Verse 24, again, if we can look at that. He says, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? The raven in the Old Testament, in in the Jewish law, was an unclean bird. So the the reality, they they realize that God even feeds the unclean birds, the the ones that are even, you know, that are despised. They're even looked at as evil sometimes in Scripture, the birds of the air, you know. And, And God says, you know, Jesus is saying, God even takes care of those. How much more he cares about you? Do you know that? Do you realize that, that God cares so much about you? God loves you? I love what Max Licato said. He said, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Check this out. Or he says, if he had a wallet, your photo would be in it. <laughs> you ever see those grandparents, they pull out their wallet. Look at, you know, they show, this is my grandson, this is my grandson. You know, they're so excited. God is excited about you. God is crazy about it. His, his love for us is so much. He loves us so much. And I believe as the church of Jesus Christ, we need to be reminded of that constantly, that we're highly favored. God cares. How much more does he care about you than the birds that he takes care of? He makes sure the birds are taken care of every day. Do you ever see a bird on the branch shaking like this? <laughs> Worrying? If you've seen that, please show me a video of this. I've never seen it before. I've never seen a bird worry. God takes care of them. Matter of fact, I was on, last night I was on a walk and in my neighborhood. And as I, wa- I was walking, there was a, a, a raven that flew, or a blackbird. I don't know if he's a raven. I can't tell the difference. But it was flying over right in front of me. He had this big chunk of, a uh, big piece of bread in his beak. And he flew into the, the rooftop and he's looking. Did you ever see how birds are? He's looking around, making sure no other birds are there. And he's hiding and he's, he's eating away. But he, you know, God was just taking care of him. I'm thinking, Lord, what a blessing. Here I'm studying about you're taking care of the ravens. And God said, check this out. Here's a picture just in case you don't get it. <laughs> I got it. And he allowed him to have a huge piece of bread just to show me, I, I more than provide for the birds and I care about you so much more. So much more I care about you. I love this. If you're a note taker, please, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. This hit me last night. I was like, wow. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Paul the Apostle tells the church in Corinth, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Is that a verse or what? I'm going to read that again for you. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and it says, And God is able to make all grace or favor abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency, in other words, he's going to satisfy for all of your needs in all things, not some things, that you may have abundance 
for every good work. Did you miss any of that? God's grace, God's favor, not because you're good, not because you've done good, because you're a child of God. He loves you so much. He's going to you know, supply for you abundantly. He's going to you know, make sure that you have sufficient for all things. He's going to take care of everything that you have need of will be provided for. You're highly favored. Don't worry. Next point. Worry is a total waste of time. It's a long one. It won't change the situation. It's useless, but prayer is powerful. Did you get all that? I'll try again. Worry is a total waste of time. It won't change the situation. It's useless, but prayer is powerful. Look at verse 25 again. And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit or 18 inches to his stature or his height? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Let me put it this way. All the worrying in the world will not help you to grow another 18 inches. Or it can even be translated, it it could be talking about adding length to your life. All the worrying in the world will not add to your life. So why do you worry about anything else? Worry is a waste of time. Prayer is powerful. Several years ago, my wife and I, we were driving in Santa Ana and someone was behind us in a a black Mercedes and they were kind of like trying to get around us and they were just kind of, you know, going real close and fast and close like this and and I did the real spiritual thing, I slowed down. (laughs) Not a good thing to do. And I thought, you know, this, this guy's got to calm down, you know, so I just slowed down and this guy went ballistic. And he was getting irate. He was just trying to run into the vehicle. I'm like, oh, what did I do, Lord? Forgive me. I stopped at the stoplight. He pulls up next to us. He gets out of the car. I kid you not, this man was 6466 easy, pro football kind of guy, 300 and some pounds, makes Pastor Shane look like a little mouse. I mean, this guy was huge. And he's pounding on my wife's window, and he's looking at me, and he's saying, come out. And he's about ready to break the window. And I'm like, oh, no. Talk about being tempted to worry. I sat there, didn't know what to do, prayed, Lord, help, don't know what to do. God flooded me with his peace, flooded me with his peace. I just stared out the window. I looked at him like, God, you're so good. And I just, just looked at him like, what in the world? And he looked over. He looked to his left. I kid you not. He looked to his left, and it looked as if he seen someone with a gun in there. He just had panic on his face, like someone was holding a gun to his head. He was like this with panic, and he went, and he backed up, and he ran and jumped in his car and sped away. Amazing. I don't know what happened. I don't know who it was. I, you know, I'm going to thank that angel if I see him in heaven someday. <laughs> but anxiousness is a waste of time, even in tense situations. It doesn't help any to be anxious. I mean, think if I would have just panicked and I was all anxious and all worried. No, I prayed. I, I sat there and just sought the Lord. And God provided. Prayer is powerful. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for 
but in everything by and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus that story I just told you it came alive as I prayed he flooded me with peace God was there in a powerful way Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. Glory.